have a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation return in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. Oh, but that's, I didn't start uh, it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. Thank you for joining us. I have Chuck Knox to my right. Praise God. Pastor Toby right Hello. in front. Preach. And, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille. <laughs> wait, wait. You got to do what you were just doing. Shaq <laughs> no, no. Diesel. Everybody needs to hear. Go ahead and it's drop that. It's a head and uh, give. No, no. That was that was a GMO. I apologize for that. Uh, I was going to uh, give you GMO. Um, no, he... he, he, he it, he gets he gets up in here and he starts uh, doing his Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Come on, everybody experience. Come on, just got an experience. Come on, you guys please. know Shaq Diesel album, you know number two. No song num- track number two. I no. think Gabriel and one other person in the I world. I grew up in church my whole life. I love Jesus. Hey, hey I want all I our listeners who know that song to give me an email so I can brag on them. Where, where would they email you at? Yeah, at crosspolitik at gmail dot com. Mm. Guys, you can also uh, send uh, emails to him telling him that you're praying for him. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we and pray for us, please. Cause, Cause, uh, Cause, man, yeah, it's it's rough. It's almost like every break he decides. Shaq Diesel. Ch- <laughs> what What do you know? Uh, um, what do you know about Diesel? No, what do you? You know what? You know, we better get to some news because I don't. All right, you know, all right. What's going on in the world? Well, so we got we got a people number. are listening to the podcast. That's amazing. Yeah, still we, we've had some great uh, downloads and some reach uh, all the way. I mentioned this in the last show, but I got to mention it again because it's just been really cool to get y'all's feedback. Shout and, out to Turkey and Turkey, Mexico, uh, UK, and uh, Canada and US. Of course, of course, people here in the US. So thank you so much for listening to us. You're a blessing to us. Yes. We hope we're a blessing yes, to you guys. Very much an encouragement. Can you can you read something that they, they said to us? I want to. I want to hear it. Please tell them. Can you encourage us? Encourage us with a little letter. We need a little encourage. Actually, I can. I can read one of the ones. Yeah, get get your text. You you sent it to me. I did. One time. Give me a feedback. Hey, hey guys, just started listening to the show and I'm really enjoying it. Just wanted to send some encouragement your way, praying that God uses you all powerfully, Neil. Hey, Neil. Shout out to Neil. Please don't yeah. stop praying for us, brother. Thank you so much. I, I have also had um, uh, very kind invitations to help us with our website, which we really appreciate. <laughs> we really, I, we had one listener. We will, email back and said, <laughs> we will take it. Hey, uh, so about the so, website. Yeah, we're, we're we're working on it. We're all volunteers. It's not very postman. And if, if any of you, out of the goodness of your heart, want to help us, scotch tape. Oh. Yes, like here we go. Yes, we're Woo! working on it. We're working hard. We Guy, have. I've, I've tried to be nice. I've Trying to be nice, but like, hey guys, uh, this is uh, this could use a little bit of work. It it needs a lot of work. I mean, and- I'm just a I'm just a poor pastor. <laughs> you know, I, I, yes, I, play that card, please. That's right. But I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, do it, do it. So, and and also, and and to to that point too, we had over forty gigs downloaded from our website just this past week, Mm. and which means we had to upgrade our server already, which was not. um, uh, So that's good. You know, what is so you guys owe me money. I don't even yeah. know what I don't even know what that means, but it it's sounds, forty gigs. It's, it's more than zero. It's crazy. So it's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. You know, one of the things too I think uh, people should do is go to the Facebook page, Cross Politics, right, mm-hmm. and go there and like the page share and it, share, share it. it, right. And another thing that's really helpful, guys, is to go to iTunes. Yep. And while we are very happy for all the subscribers, leave a write a comment, even if it's just two stars. Yeah, you please. really annoy sure. us, but I downloaded it anyway. Yeah, as long I, as we well, have even more. Even like, than, I'm never gonna download. I'm this never again. gonna download. It. I will take those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. picky. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> not at this one point. star. And because you, right now, both me and David have commented on iTunes. That's what I'm saying. Like right now, it looks pathetic. Bury our comments. It's pathetic wow. when you have two. Wow. Of the, and, you know, and if you know what's more disappointing than that is that next to us, Pastor has not commented. <laughs> oh, he hasn't know, even joined us in our shame. The proverb says, "Let another man." Praise you, and I was praising you. Oh, you know, you can come on there and say, "Hey, you know." Touche, touche, touche. Yeah. touche. All right, all right, all right. But no, that's very helpful. It helps the podcast. I get was out. speaking in tongues over here. <laughs> is that what touche is? He For a reformer. Oh, that's funny. 
He coming to Honda. <laughs> leaving the Kia. Uh, David, I know you got something for us in tongues. Oh, Come dude. You know, uh, that, 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 yeah, that. you do. Right. <laughs> Untie my bow tie. <laughs> that's about it oh okay well let me get to some news um uh, some articles to pay attention to what happened in, in what happened this, this week so, so don't bring up anything um, by wayne grudem don't you bring up anything i've i've done a lot of focus on universities recently yeah. because they need it there's it, universities are um the slippery slope is being run vastly uh, at a greater rate of speed than it is just in our normal cities right. and, and they're, they're, right? they're on the front they're, lines yeah, that's yeah. Right. They're, they're on the front the lines they're leading the way and yeah. culture is following the which is why you should listen there. to yeah. our last episode uh with dr ben merkel on that <laughs> yeah yes. what, what was it called failure of higher so, education yeah the false promise of higher education false he makes me promise. nervous Charles. He makes me nervous. <laughs> what? Who does? You were sweating the whole time. Yeah, you know, now that he's not here, I can talk about it. That dude makes me nervous. You know why? Because he's wicked smart. Have, have you heard him preach? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you're right. Yeah. He's wicked smart. Like, And so you hear him preach, and I'm glad he's not here so I can really say how I feel about his preaching. So you hear him preach, and he's but, so unassuming. Right, right. Yeah. He, 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 he tricks you. He tricks you. And, it's, and it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the way the Holy Spirit does it. <laughs> right? oh, the, Holy, wow. the Holy Spirit is this that's way. That's a good. That's, that's a high that's, compliment. No, it's right. right. No, the but Holy he Spirit well, he, kind of lulls you. Yeah, no, you, you think right. like, oh, he's a friendly, nice, intellectual man. I'm gonna give him a comment and an insult at the same time. Okay, okay. he preaches like Paul. And, and uh, what I mean by that is, it's possible for someone to fall out dead over the wall while he's preaching. <laughs> right, well, they didn't but fall the, out but, dead. They but fell the, asleep, but they fell out backwards. Yeah, 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 as yeah, they, they fell, fell asleep. Yeah, 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 they fell. That's right. They fell asleep, and then fell, because they were in the window, yeah, they yeah, fell back. But he has the ability in his preaching to go and raise you from the dead. Like so, he's very unassuming. Yes, right. and, yes. And, but he has like he has a like. A, a uh, some kind of like samurai sword. If you engage it, it's like in there, tucked in there, and it's like. Okay. Every time, dude, he rips me okay. to shreds. And every time, if you engage him just a little bit, I was actually true story, completely true story. My wife can vouch for me. I was, I was really like, I was felt like it was an enormous compliment. But this woman in my in my son's kindergarten class, my wife was talking with her a week or so ago, and she says, and she was like, "Oh yeah, your husband, she he's a you know she's telling this a pat. Yeah, I listened to one of his sermons. It was, and she told the rattled off the name of the sermon. I think it's called the uh, the sideways glance." And my wife brought, came home to me and said, she said, that, she said, I don't remember the name of the sermon. I said, that's not my sermon. That's Ben Merkel's sermon. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I said, but, you know. I'm, I'm, that's, that's good. I'll, that's good. I'm, I'll I'm, take it. I'm feeling that compliment. It's yeah. close. Yeah. It's close. I'll that's take good. it all day. I, yeah. I didn't know my comment about New St. Andrews was going to get us off into a two-minute Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Oh, we <laughs> got one. Yo, yo, one I'm more. Tr- I'm trying one to more. get us somewhere. No, 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 no. <laughs> Y'all need to go out and buy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. White Horse. King, yes, the White Horse King by Benjamin Merkel. Canonpress.com. Uh, yeah, it's on Canon Press. Yep, um, one of the first books that I read. I it's, got it's here. On, it's on Amazon. It's amazing. It's on Amazon. Yeah. You can get go, it on Amazon. Go to Canon Press. Sure, I don't remember who the. Yeah, anyways, go to Canon. <laughs> Godly leadership. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, White Horse King. Okay, so uh, universities. We've been we've been hard on them because they're leading the charge. Uh, University of Wisconsin Stout. Actually, Charles Sykes in our previous show was. Uh, I used to teach it. I think University of Wisconsin Poor Stout. Guy. I think yeah. Um, they replaced their homecoming court with gender neutral spirit award. No more know. king and queen. No more homecoming <laughs> king queen. It's gender neutral spirit award, and I think they hand out to like seven this last year. Or something. Are they gonna give it to a man or a woman? It was gender neutral. But I don't know what that means, David. They don't. They There's don't know no what such that means. thing. <laughs> There's no such thing. You are first so. You're so medieval. <laughs> I want to go home. University of Wisconsin Stout, so progressive that they haven't. Uh, they've handed out uh, king and queen for 80 years, and this is the first year they didn't. This, October October 8th. This is just the how same- many years? How many years? 80. 80. Now they're they're so progressive they figured it out. This is when I see art, when I see and look at art that is marring the face of something, someone, and they're destroying it, right? And I they want to corrupt the how you look at a person, right? I know right away they're trying to destroy image of God. Mm-hmm. My God, I know yeah. right away when I see that, and when I see this whole gender neutral thing going on, they are trying to get away from image of God. Yeah. As fast as they can. No man, no woman, there's nothing. Well, if there's nothing, then we don't have to be in the image of God. Yep. Right? That's that's exactly what they're trying yeah. to do. Every one of these attacks is trying to say, we don't want to be like that. Because that image haunts them. It, it Well, it there's standards. Them, right? If you're made in the image of God, 
Well, it, reminds, it matters. It reminds them of God. It, exa- yeah. Exactly. Right? You, it remi- better, you best to preach. It, re- it reminds them of the God that made mm-hmm. them and his glory, and they're in sin, and they're in rebellion, and, yep. Yep. and so they're running. So my favorite, this is why I did that article first, because this is actually Oh, this is a setup. Yes, uh, this is a setup. <laughs> no, I thought I we did were it. done with that. It's like the Holy <laughs> Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> University of Michigan. This guy, he's he's on it. He's in it to win it. Okay. He knows what he's doing. Okay, he changed. Okay, because, <laughs> you know, gender. Gender neutral. You can put your preference down on how you want everyone to to appear on class rosters. Oh, I know what he's gonna say. I know what he's gonna say. Yes, I know. He put his down as His Majesty. His Majesty. His Majesty. (laughs) Yes, I know it. I love it. So now all the teachers. Now there's aristocrats. You know, aristocracy in in uh, the the um, uh, class rosters now. His His Majesty. And they're calling him His Majesty. His Majesty. You must refer to because it'll hurt me if you don't. Yeah, you know those feelings are. I have. I have feelings. So here's a problem: they're swallowing the reductio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this gonna, goes back to yeah. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a book shout out here. Um, Do just it. on the fly. There's a guy named Theodore Dalrymple. Mm. Say it with me. Theodore Dalrymple. Dalrymple is English. He's a Brit. Mm. He's written several books. Um, fascinating stuff on uh, one called Life at the Bottom, a series of essays. Another one called Romancing Opiates. Romancing Opiates. How can you go wrong with that? Mm. But in Life at the Bottom. It's a series of essays on um, particularly how um, the intelligentsia, so we're talking about academic elites, right. philosophers, okay, liberal arts departments. We were talking about this some with, with Merkel. Yeah. Um, but how they have the luxury. They're all rich, right? They're rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tenured. Yep. Right? yep. They got the money flowing in. Mm-hmm. They have the luxury of saying insane things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to live with the results of the insanity of what they say. Preach, preacher. Yeah. They can go out on their boat on the weekend. Woo. Right? And they don't have to live with it. That's yeah. right. That's right? right. But you know who gets crushed by this? Mm. The poor. The helpless. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the people that don't have that wealth. You know, I mean, you the, wow. you go out and you sleep around. You go out and you do the drugs. You go out and try to find yourself. And if you're rich, you can kind of, you know, you 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 sort of, you can make do. Right. You can go out to your condo, go to your beach house, go out on the boat. You know, go buy some more friends. Right, 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 right. But if you got nothing, right, it's the people at the bottom that right. get crushed by these ideologies, and um, and that's why we need to be hard on the universities. Yeah. Um, they, because they're, they're not loving their neighbor. They're on, you know, they're on the government teat. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, and they're just and it's coming, all the money, <coughs> flowing in, mm. mm-hmm. and um and the and the people at the bottom are getting crushed. Are getting sold a worldview that doesn't work. And it's getting crushed. And it's gonna crush yep. them. It's yep. you know they're yep. gonna they're gonna be the ones in the trailer parks. Yep. They're gonna be in the ones you know in the projects. They're the ones you know that that are you know left and nobody and they wonder how did I get here. Yep. Because uh, you know, because you you lived a bankrupt lifestyle that they told you they're gonna you know you're gonna find life. Yeah. So to this next article, these all go together. Um, oh, New no. York uh, NYU students um, believe that men deserve free tampons. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's why y'all laughing? It's, it's free the tampon. <laughs> Have movement. you seen these men out here? Free the tampon movement. Wait, wait why y'all laughing? Has spread to New York University. Where students are demanding free tampons in all bathrooms, including men's. I'm I, including look. Men's I've seen some of these um, pastors out it's here. Pathetic. I'm starting to feel uh, like pathetic, right? Well, look, they might be right in some senses. These these aren't men. Yeah. So in one sense, I kind of say, hey, you know. <laughs> no, and any man that goes to a university that has tampons in the men's bathroom, to your point, is not a man. Yeah. Done. So maybe they do Done. need the tampons. Yeah. Please write Gabriel at <laughs> crosspolitik at gmail.com. We, we, we can't push the website enough. <laughs> uh, you know you know what though? So this here here goes here goes men now. What what do they need tampons for? I mean, seriously, what what do they need tampons for? Is there a reason given in the article? Like, why why are they arguing for this? Why are they demanding this? Uh, it's free the tampon movement. Just part of the free tampon free movement. Free the tampon. Yes. So this is like burn your bra back in the 60s, 50s, 60s. This is free the tampon movement. I don't even understand. I, I See, I'm looking at them right now with this lost look like I don't even. Yeah. 
It's hey, it's how about this? A liberal stop it. sexual agenda. Just stop it. Just chaos. Just stop, Just stop it. Chaos. Just stop it. It goes back to that Saturday no, Night, Night Live skit. This Most is... things go back to that Saturday Night Live skit. Um, you know, there, there was a friend of mine. It's like, you know, if you got a guy who was having an affair on his wife, well, how would you talk to him? And I remember telling him, I would tell him, stop it and repent. Like, I don't need a great argument to talk about how messed up that is. I don't need to come up with some great worldview perspective to say that's stupid. It's against God. Stop it and repent. You know what I mean? Like that's it's, some things are so crazy and so out there. You just you just need to stop. You know, I've been I've been thinking about this a little bit with um, I'm preaching the Luke Ooh. in my uh, my preaching my sermon series right now, and uh, we just finished a section of chapter 11 where Jesus casts out a demon, and uh, it's a mute demon, and uh, the um, and of course he gets accused of doing it. By the power of the prince the of demons, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And and Jesus, of course, says, you know what, you know, if a kingdom divided against itself can't stand, a house, you know, divided, you know, it's, if, you know, this doesn't work. Right. This right. Doesn't work. Absolutely not. Um, if Satan is doing this, then um, why is it, why is he so prolific? Why is he so powerful? But you know, it got me thinking. I mean, he's talking about Israel in the first instance. He's just, he's going to go on and say, you know, watch out if you're if you're if you get one demon cast out, and you just keep that house kind of clean and tidy. He's going to go out into the wilderness and he's going to come back and he's going to go back and say, I'm going to go back to the place I was. Oh, look, the house is clean and tidy. And he's going to bring seven of his buddies that are even worse than him. Right. And the end of that man is going to be worse than the first. And, right. and I think Jesus is talking to that first century Israel saying, look, this is your chance. I just cast out demons. <laughs> I'm cleaning house here. Yeah. Now, if you ask me to come live in here, if you ask the Holy Spirit to come live in here, we fill this house, then it'll be safe from those, those demons. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't, it's going to be infested with demons. Right. Um, but you know, oh. I, I, I I think that it's unmistakable that um, there's th- this is this is a there's a deep spiritual warfare going on oh, yeah. in all of this. Oh, yeah. um, the the demons and the demon possession doesn't look exactly like it did two thousand years ago. You know, it's not just people like you know. They got the demons blushing like, right now, though. Like, they're, they're, yeah, but but, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're not like you know. It's not like people just like jerking around and falling on the ground and right. you know whatever, saying things in you know a different voice or whatever. Like maybe that happens sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? I think modern day demons do is they you know they 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 fool you or they, they you know you're doing evil and you think you're doing good. Right. Right. Um. You, and you've been infested. You know, you do wicked, evil things. Um, another way of talking about this is you you become like what you worship. That's right. right? So Psalm 115 says, you know, when you worship idols, you know, I, they have eyes that can't see, ears that can't hear, hands that can't tell, you know, yep, use, yep. you know, and those who make them become like them and those who serve them become like them. Um, it's death, yeah. right? It maiming. It's destruction. And so you're talking about the image of God, right? And yes, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to be talking more about this. But, yes. um, but, you know, what have we been doing since 1972? That's right. right. We we have been crushing and maiming our babies. Yeah. And um and and but that should tell you though. So in Israel, when did they start passing their children through the fires? When they were worshiping idols. That's right. When yeah. they were worshiping the darkness, when they were worshiping demons, yeah. right? That's right. So so the you connection don't... between worship and crushing our image. Right. Mm. So so when when we did that in 1972, we were already in false worship. We were already right. in false worship. We were already yeah. inviting the demons it was to come of, in. It was yeah. fruit of come it. on yeah. in. Come yeah. on in. It's, right. it's nice in here. Mm. And we were and we were keeping we were sinning against the Holy Spirit. We were driving the Holy Spirit away and we were inviting the demons in. And and now, and now what, what, thirty years later, thirty five years I don't even can't count that high. Forty yeah. forty five yeah. years later, whatever. Yeah. You know No one knows what a man or a woman yeah, is. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. This had to happen. Right, had to happen. You you can't worship the demons. You can't serve the demons. You can't let the darkness in and then be like, yeah, well, you know, everything's gonna hold together. Right. Well, and this goes back to your point about worship, but also wisdom that we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. And what true knowledge is and all this. Uh, when we've had sex education in our high schools for how many years now? You know, 30, 40, 50 years now of sex education, and now we've gotten to the point where we don't know our sex. We don't know our gender. Yeah. What has sex education been doing? Right. We've been giving it over to government schools, and here we are right. Right. with tampons in the boys' bathrooms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, we got to we, – no, it's, it's, uh, it's why it's, – this is not just an argument. This is a heart yeah. issue. Yep. That's right. Yep. right? Yep. You're That's not right. going to argue people back to the truth. They need to repent. They need to find yeah. that they're bankrupt. They're utterly lost. They're empty. They're naked. Yep. And they need Jesus. Yeah, there's no right? there's no logical argument at this point that's going to no. work for them. It's no, not, no, it doesn't no. matter. It's, it's like the guy who's demon-possessed, right? Yep. He can't speak. 
That's can't right. they, they can't see they can't understand they don't see the the idols have deformed them and without they, they need Jesus to make them human again. But this is also why the guy at University of Michigan gets away with His Majesty. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yep. So hey, next, yeah, and coming up next, Alveda King. Hello, Martin Luther King's niece. We're gonna have Great her on. Interview. Yeah, Great looking interview. Looking forward to it. Next on Cross Politics. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. One Minute Apologist. If you had one minute to be able to unpack for the audience, we interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Dr. Geiser, do all religions lead to God? All religions don't lead to God for one simple reason. They teach opposite things and opposites can't be true. Uh, Muhammad taught that there's only one person in God and Christianity says there's three persons in God. They can't both be true. You know, the Bhagavad Gita can't be the Word of God in the Bible, the Word of God. They teach opposite uh, beliefs and the Book of Mormon can't be the Word of God and the Bible the Word of God because they have opposite beliefs. There's only one God, not many uh, gods. So if they all taught the same thing, uh, one, they'd be one religion, but the fact that they teach opposites, there are many religions and opposites can't both be true. And they're on essential doctrines, not just uh, trivial little things. How do you tell a counterfeit? You tell a counterfeit not by its superficial similarities, but by its crucial differences. You don't tell a counterfeit $20 bill because it says 20, it's on paper, it's rectangular. Uh, it has some crucial differences than a, a real $20 bill. So we tell counterfeits not by superficial similarities, but by crucial differences. Superficial to say, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus. Yeah, which Jesus, which God? Crucial differences are their opposite beliefs about God. I have with me today Evangelist Alveda King. Director of Civil Rights for the Unborn, the African-American Outreach of Priest for Life. So thank you for joining us, Alveda. Thank you, Gabriel. Yeah, so um, your your main ministry has been to the unborn, but if I if I understood things correctly, your your story includes two abortions in the past. Um, what, what changed in your life and, and your thinking on this issue? Well, Gabriel, and I want to say hi to you and your listening audience. My main ministry as an evangelist, actually, is to spread and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ, which includes a gospel of life. Mm -hmm. And in my pro-life message, I certainly proclaim that the sanctity of life from the womb to the tomb and civil rights for the unborn, where I'm director of civil rights for the unborn for priests for life. Mm -hmm. And I was not always what's called pro-life. I was born into a pro-life family, the family that also birthed my uncle Martin Luther King Jr. My dad, Reverend A.D. King, is his brother. They live in heaven together. Amen. But my grandfather, uh, Daddy King, Martin Luther King Sr., convinced my mother not to have a DNC in 1950. Abortion was illegal, but DNCs were not. And so if a woman had a mysterious female ailment, she went and had this procedure so everything could be examined. That would have aborted me. But Daddy King said to my mother, you know, I saw this baby in a dream three years ago. She's a little girl with bright skin and bright red hair, and she's going to bless many people. <laughs> so I had my whole, whole life testimony from conception. And yet, I uh, in the 1960s and 70s, we had this free love thing where do whatever you want with no consequences. And I kind of got sucked into that as a young woman and had... Uh, uh, secret abortions and a miscarriage related to damage from those. I was born again in 1983, 
And that's when I began to repent for all of my sins. Uh, that includes, included the deception of abortion and being tricked into thinking it was okay. And I became pro-life, uh, a voice for life, in 1983. And I've been doing that, of course, for many years. I'm 65 years old right now. So uh, I have 10 living children, three children in heaven. I'm sorry, six living children and three children in heaven. That's nine. And then right now I have 10 grandchildren. <laughs> so God has been very good to me. Sounds like you're in a race with my mom on the grandchildren side of things. Wow. That's <laughs> what I tell you. Yeah. How many does she have? Okay. I, oh man, I think it's uh it's twelve or thirteen. I think we got one more on the way this year. Two yeah. more, actually, two oh, more on the way okay. this year. Yeah, I come from That's a family a of four. Gift. God gift. God gift. Yep. Yep. So why why has the broader civil rights movement not kind of championed the pro life case? Well, you know, there was a brilliant evil marketing campaign that called good, evil, and evil good. And it, it came across uh, every spectrum, but certainly in the life and procreation spectrum, where you told people that it wasn't a baby, it's a blob of tissue, lump of flesh, uh, a woman has the right to choose what she does with her body. Nobody explained that the baby was not her body. Nobody asked where was the lawyer for the baby, the civil rights and human rights for the baby. And so because of that slick marketing campaign, people were just unaware for a long time. But now that people are becoming aware, and I asked that question, I said, you know, how can the dream survive if we murder our children? A woman has the right to choose what she does with her body, but the baby's not her body. Where's the lawyer for the baby? So when we put it in that perspective, <laughs> even in today's political climate, we've got to have that question asked. Human beings should be valued from the womb to the tomb. My uncle, Martin Luther King, said that when we learn to value the human personality, we won't hate people, we won't oppress people, we won't kill people. And so that's very important. In Acts 1726, we're one human race. So he was right again when he said we must learn to live together as brothers, and I added sisters, or perish as fools. So we've just not valued each other as human beings, and that's the problem. Right, and the reason why we need to value all human beings because we're all made in the image of God. That's where that That's intrinsic right. value comes it's from. One, right. not separate races, one race, right. one human race. Right. Yeah. So now, specifically in this, you've you've had some back and forth with the Black Lives Matter movement around this issue. Um, you you've basically kind of gotten at to the point. You, you you've, I think you've expressed that the Black Lives Matter movement's not necessarily a black lives movement unless they champion kind of the pro-life movement. Can you explain that? That it all goes together, and God showed me in my heart. He says, you know, when people start arguing about Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, you know, certainly babies in the womb definitely matter. He just, God reminded me to say, John 3.16, God loves matter. And it includes every person. And so when we do that, we begin to realize that that's the sick people, the elderly people, the infirm people, doesn't matter what skin color it is, doesn't matter your lifestyle, we actually all matter to God. And so this is a beautiful time, and this is where the evangelist comes in, for repentance, even that thing called white privilege, people don't understand that. But when slavery ended and segregation emerged, the question became, what do we do with these people that we enslaved all this time? We don't want to pay them or all of that. And it wasn't a black-white thing because it was a caste system issue as well. So what do you do with indigenous children or slaves or all of this? So they put these little secret codes in place. But now that the lights are coming on and people are understanding, we are ready across the communities of the world and certainly in America and certainly Christians we're ready to learn, learn to love each other and be brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. With with all the Christians that there are in the U.S., there's still we're we're still pretty heavily Christian nation. Now, I would yeah. I'd also argue that we um, are past uh, the Christians are kind of past really influencing 
the main of society, our politics in a heavy way. I mean, there's still a voting block, the evangelical voting block, etc. But how did we get into the situation? How did Christians get in the situation where we're, where we've been impotent on the pro-life movement? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say impotent all the way. I think we've had some positive impact, but over overwhelmingly, we've been losing this battle over for the last forty years. The Christian community just bought into political correctness. Don't yeah. hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Don't rock the boat. Don't tell the truth. Don't call sin sin. Don't tell people that Jesus loves you no matter what. You know, we just stopped doing that, and the message has changed. And, and consequently, there were people who ran for political office in every political party who slipped in an, a godless agenda. And even separation of church and state, it was never intended to separate God from any part of the, the world or the communities of the world or this nation, but to protect our right, even under our Constitution, to worship and serve God freely. Right. And so all of that has been chipped away and eroded. But if you study Daniel, Esther, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, Joseph, you see in the Bible uh, there was much influence in the Old Testament, and actually even in the New Testament, there was a very vibrant church in the New Testament after Christ ascended, you see. So we have the obligation and responsibility just to be salt and light and to remind people that when the lights are off, when the people are in darkness, that's where Satan works, but when the people in darkness see this great light that you hear about in the Old and New Testament, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, then that's when hope springs alive, faith, hope, and love. Right. Love being the strongest. Uh, I love how you keep coming back to the gospel. Um, why don't uh, we just take a moment here to talk about um, how does the gospel deal with the sin of abortion for those who are listening, who've had abortion, who um, are coming to the realization that it was murder, um, who uh, are wanting to repent, wanting to move on. How does the gospel deal with the sin of abortion? Well, Jesus treated me, cheeked me as the woman in the well, the woman called in the act. And when I repented, he realized what had happened and repented, he said, okay, go and sin no more. And then Christ, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, has given me a platform to proclaim the gospel and proclaim the truth. So for those of us who had abortions, or even if we didn't, we looked the other way or knew or were involved one way or the other, uh, we can we have this room at the cross for all of us. There's healing, there's forgiveness, there's power, there's love. And so everybody in America probably, many people have, have at least heard of abortion, if not been personally involved. But it's time for that to stop. And the way it stops, it begins with one person and one heart. And as we reach out to God, he's going to meet us and heal us. And so that is the message, healing, the power of God, healing us all. Amen. Um, let me, uh, one last question, kind of connected to all these problems. Um, we're right in the middle of, in my mind, one of the worst presidential elections we've had in, in the U.S. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Who, who are you going to vote for? <laughs> Well, I personally, I think a lot of people understand that I have removed emotions from my decision. The Supreme Court justices are very important to me. So I don't trust any political human candidate to save America. I trust God to do that. But right now, today, two candidates who are running for president, one says that they will appoint more abortion-minded justices, and one says they will appoint pro-life justices. I am going to vote for the candidates that says that uh, that candidate is committing, committed to voting in, I mean, to appointing pro-life justices. And so my decision is not emotional, it's not judgmental, it's not who's a Christian, who's not. I'm making it real simple. I believe in, uh, I, I believe in a scriptural, biblical wall being built like Ezra and Nehemiah did, and I believe that it should be an inclusive wall with gates, in it that bring everybody in, but we want a safe and secure America. So right now, just look at it. Uh, listeners, look up and see which candidate says they'll appoint pro-life justice. Which candidate says they will build a wall to protect us, but also accommodate those in need and who want to be citizens legal. So that's the candidate that I'm voting for.
Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. One Minute Apologist. If you had one minute to be able to unpack for the audience. We interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Dr. Howe, what do Jehovah's Witnesses believe? Jehovah's Witnesses, let's look at what they believe about Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses actually believe that Jesus Christ is Michael the Archangel from the Old Testament who became a man in the New Testament, did his work for God, and then now is Michael the Archangel again. So he's not God in the flesh as Christianity and the Bible has always taught. What would they say about salvation? Most of these groups, in fact, I don't know any of these groups that 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 doesn't say that salvation is by works. And, and Jehovah's Witnesses are very explicit that a person cannot be saved by faith alone, but has to do the appropriate works in order to be able to be with God after death. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's Great Commission to disciple nations and build Him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. Alveda King. She was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Build that wall, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That, that was- <laughs> Those comments really threw me off. You but know besides that, the interview is an awesome interview. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, it was a great yeah. interview. I just love that she's so Bible. She's like, just like an Ezra. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. She's just I like, love right? it. It's like, yeah. you feel like those kind of people, even though you disagree with them, you're going to go ahead and like, oh, let's open up that Bible then. Let me show you. <laughs> I love that, though. Well, I mean, her commitment to life, though, I mean, her oh. commitment to oh. recognizing the, you know, what, what's going on in our culture. Amazing. Um, you know, that that's... Uh, she's a breath of fresh air, and yeah, yeah. and as Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece, you know, has has yeah. a platform. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, she, she can speak, and uh, and she understands that not only not only is you know Planned Parenthood wicked, but she also gets that Planned Parenthood has targeted non-white neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Right. It's it's, it's not. It, this is a. This is not merely about just the destruction of all of our our, our children right but it's the intentional but this is a this is a racial genocide yeah this is a, this is one of the systemic um the remaining uh, massive systemic um uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, racist so, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It's Systematic, system. yeah. You know, yeah, and right. so much. I, I can testify to that in, in in more than one ways. One of the ways is that my wife, growing up North Minneapolis, I might have spoken about this a little bit before. She could go down to her school, North High. She can go down downstairs in her school. There was an office where Planned Parenthood could then instruct those who had, I don't know, been pregnant in in, in her high school. In, in high her school. high That's school, unreal. she wasn't going to a clinic. She wasn't going down the. She was down in her high school downstairs in the in the office. Yeah. You can get counseling from Planned Parenthood, and this I thought, hey, you know, this is just something that was, you know, it just in this microcosm, it was just her school maybe, and then I found out that it wasn't. Planned Parenthood has teamed up with the Los Angeles Unified School District. It just opened a health clinic at a low income school. What? The idea Man. there is to reduce the number of unplanned who's, who's generally at low income Students schools. Students can right. visit the clinic to get free birth control, pregnancy tests, counseling, and screening for sexually transmitted diseases. Whoa. Man. And so I was like, I thought maybe this is just like a little microcosm in North Minneapolis where this oh. is just happening. They are after black folks. <laughs> okay? Yeah. They, they're purifying the race. Yeah. And that was that's their base. And so, yeah, you're right. No, this is this is a Everybody wants to cry foul on racism, but no one is looking at the pro or the pro choice movement, saying this is where the heart of it is. Right, right, right. right. This, this is yeah. If we're gonna talk about racism, which we got to talk about, it's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. If murder, but, if murder's a, a thing, if you don't but, want black men to get murdered and you're concerned that the police are killing, well, let's say what's the murder rate for abortions? Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. We we yeah. 1972. We we legalized. You know that now there's there's you know the police can you know. 
They can take them out. Well, and what's the stat? I think more black babies were killed in New York to abortion than were born in New York last year. Yeah, that's it's unreal, unreal. Yeah. But here's also the other the other issue in all this is they know they, they got they got a better mindset on connecting with children than we as Christians do. They go into the education centers to do this, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and yeah. as Christians, like we aren't even thinking that way about this play. They're running a play. And they know we need to go and educate the kids. They're getting the kids. They're getting They're the kids. After the kids. They're running the play. And, and we you know don't. What? And we're, in fact, we're, we give our kids over that's to the public school systems. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, right. hey, you know what? I, and you know, and I hear this, I hear this a lot in the community. You know, my kid, they're home for the summer, and or actually, this is actually I should say no. It's even worse than that for mothers with young children. They're they're saying, oh man, I have my baby. There's no daycare. I can't wait till I can get them back in daycare and I can't wait to get them in school so I can have some free time. Mm. So ultimately what we're seeing is, and, and this is uh, granted, this is from single mothers. So the dad, he's already gone, mm-hmm. right? He's, yep. he's booked. Yep. And, but they're so, so much stress is on them. They're just like, I just need, I just need a, a break. I just yeah. need some help. And, the, and you know what? They're, they're offering me help. Right. They'll, they'll take them and they'll oh, train yeah. them and they'll feed them and they'll give them games and they'll, and they'll educate them and, Oh, there's help. So but, government's daddy now. But even the and and the presentation though of abortion is presented the same way. Right. Exactly. We, we, exactly we love right. you. We care about you, honey. We want to take care of you. He ran out on you. Yeah. We, we, Shame we, on we him. can take care of this. We can help you. We you can, don't have to be. You know. You know. This. You're too young. You. You. You know. You're, you can't afford this. And we can take care of this. You don't have to be troubled with this problem your whole life. Yeah. I. I told. I. I think. I can't remember when I told this story because we recorded this funny <laughs> but <laughs> tell uh, it again i'm gonna tell it it's anyways. worth it be but like paul it doesn't my, bother me to tell you yeah the same i'm gonna tell you the same again. thing again but, right. but our third child was was a crazy crisis weird um health problem mm. pregnancy um, oh that's right yeah. we had we had twins one of them died um they told us in the womb in, in the, the womb, in the womb, yep. in the womb sorry and uh and they told us that the one that was still alive was probably gonna die um, go in and we see this um, field specialist. He says, probably what killed the first is going to kill the second. Um, mm. Would you consider abortion? And um, his name was Dr. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. Maybe? She'll it, be born? Oh, maybe not. Man, no. Yeah. Seriously, like, you know, you can't write the story. Yeah, yeah. God does, though. God <laughs> does, though. But, yeah. But, no, and we were, and we said, no, absolutely not. It's not It's not an option for us at all. And, and he says, he said, you mean to tell me that if your daughter is born with all kinds of problems, you won't abort her? And we said, no, we, no we're, not, we're not interested in that. He wanted to run all kinds of tests. And eventually we're like, so why do you want to run all these tests? And he says, well, you know, I want you to see, like, the, you know, the statistics. None of these tests can actually prove that she actually has anything. It's all statistical. Right, yeah. right. Right. You know, maybe she's got Down syndrome. Maybe she's got some chromosomal disorder. Maybe she, you know all this kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, we went back a week later. We, we were like, "No, we're we're done with that. We're not doing that. Yeah. You know, we can't do anything for it, anyways. We're gonna take her no matter." We come back a week later for a heart check. Mm. We go into this, you know, this this ultrasound room. It's like you know, being in a little theater. You ever been to one of those? Yeah. Like, theaters, like, yeah. This, this yeah. fancy theater, and he, he comes in, looks at her heart, and he's like, "She's got a great heart. <laughs> great heart. She's looking great. She's in there, you know, doing her little jig, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in my wife's, you know, womb, and you know, jigging around in there, and the heart's beating. That had to be a good meeting. Oh, like, this is amazing. Yeah. Glorious. Yeah, yeah, he leaves. Yeah. He walks out, and the doctor comes back in. Doctor maybe comes back in, uh, and, and he looks at guys. it for a second, and he says, "He says, now are you sure you don't want to consider abortion." Wow, and 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 our daughter's sitting there, you know, like right there, like on the screen, and we're like, you, you want to kill her. you want to, and 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 the sad thing, the, the ho- horrific thing, we realized walking out of there is this: this doctor looks like a grandpa. Wow, mm. looks like a nice grandpa, man. And, and and like you know, we had no doubt in our minds for a second what we were going to do. Of course not, right. right, right. But you think about it for a while, and and you think, man, how many moms, yep, have been in that same position, yep. Even Christian moms. That's right. Yeah. Christian moms, right? Yeah. Who know it's it's not right, but they, they, they feel this pressure. There's a trial ahead of them. There's a trial. Maybe the baby's going to have some kind of disease or disorder or problem. Right. And how many of them listened to that counsel and, and, and did it? And listened. And, you know, I'm, I mean, and, and my daughter is eight years old. That's heavy. Yep. Wow, man. And, she's, God. and yeah. she is healthy. That's awesome. And has absolutely nothing wrong with her. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and not that it would have been, in, you know, not that we wouldn't have valued her any less yeah, if, if she had been, been born with something. Right, right. But, but still, like, 
you don't know what you're talking about. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and obviously God answered prayer. Yeah. We prayed a ton. Yeah. It was crazy. You know what's crazy about that story? We, we named the, the twin that died, Anastasia, which means resurrection. In, uh, in, yes. Jan, in January. Yes. In January. Right. Ooh. In January, we named her Anastasia. It means resurrection. And uh, Anastasia Ruth, which uh-huh. means resurrection friend. Because, you know, we, we thought, you know, in some way, who knows how this He's all happened. But, in here. But, but, you know. We'll, praise we'll God. In some, some way, yeah. you know, maybe she even gave her life, you know, right. yeah. for, right. for Tovia. Well, my wife gets sick because the body is like there's this, you know, this baby that's died in yeah. my womb. It's time to kick it, it out. It out, yeah. But there's still a living baby in there. Right. So she's got really bad preeclampsia and starts getting sick. It's getting crazy. She's hospitalized. We got nurses coming in saying, we have never seen numbers this high. And we're like, you know, even if that's true, you're not supposed to tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Watch your mouth right now, <laughs> yeah. okay? Like, don't say that, right? And um, we're in there. Hosp- she's hospitalized. They're finally saying, like, this is so bad. You know, we got we to gotta, you know, stay. We got to watch you. And so they're letting see how sick can we let mom get. Before you but have keep, to have the, keep keep the baby, baby in. Keep the baby in as long as we can, right? Yeah. Keep yeah. the baby in yeah. the oven as long as we can. And, um, and finally... It gets it gets the numbers spike um, during um, Holy Week. <laughs> my wife's hospitalized, uh, and on Easter Sunday, my daughter is born. Wow! Right? My my resurrection, you know, daughter yeah. is born on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Right? I can't. You can't plan that story. My yeah. goodness! Right? Wow! Like you know. And uh, and that was her, you know, that was her, that was her resurrection. It was my wife's resurrection. Yeah, right? like yeah. her her deliverance. Yeah, um, wow. you know, the Easter I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow, well, praise God. But that's but but back to your point, right? You know, the Planned Parenthood was coming in with their information and saying yep. this is probably yep. be the best. Yeah, this is probably the. Do best. you know how rough it is? Yeah, it's, to it's be so a hard. single mom, right? Especially if they're handicapped. Oh, dealing you know? with problems. Do you have time for? I mean, no one has time for that. Like, no. So and so, there's a ministry that we have to have to two different types of people. One is a person who is not concerned at all about the fact that they are carrying a human being in their body and can't wait to get rid of it. Yep. And there is another person, and there's there's a, there's a narrative that we need to have with them, right? And there's there's another person who is, I really am scared. Yeah. I know I'm abandoned my by the conscience, boyfriend. Yep. Yeah. My conscience my has bothered me. I know I shouldn't have been in this situation anyway. I don't want to be shamed. Right. It's, I, it's, and, it, and it, it fundamentally comes down to a certain kind of lesser of two evils. Right, right. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean this, we're seeing this in all kinds of places. But yeah. as soon as you make lesser of two evils kind of a, 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 a commanding sort of paradigm, there's just not – there are no limits. Yeah. And there's a there's a – Something that happens in our mind with sin that if no one knows about it, I can bear the burden of this and not have to bring anybody's name into shame, my mom and dad's name. I don't have to shame them. But and I'll bear the burden of the sin. I've and heard no one else will know I've, about this. I've heard there are abortion clinics and uh, Planned Parenthood centers that actually have memorial gardens. Yeah, no, that's right. No where you way. where you can go in and you can like write a name of a baby. That's right. Your baby on a little rock I've or stone it. or a fountain and like put it in this little garden and 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 sort of way of remembering and wow. so it's like so it's like. They're still trying they're to deal with their closure. sin. They're, yeah. they're, trying yeah. to, they're trying to get they, closure. They're, they know right. there is a life there. Yeah. And, and they know that it's being ended. And they're trying but they but they've justified it. They've yes. they said it would be it's less evil to not bring them into the world yeah. and to not bear the consequences of these actions. It's less evil. Um but of course this is Yeah. But so, so we got those we got go ahead. I was I was gonna take this to our Ted Cruz interview. Oh, are we ready to go there yet? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you can go ever. I just, so, I just, I just want us to be mindful at some point of who we have to talk to yeah. and how we need to talk to those two groups of people. And then I just want to say, there's another realm that's philosophical, right? There's another realm where everybody has the idea of whether or not abortion or not to abort, right? It, but that's all philosophical. But there's actually another conversation with those two people I was talking about, where it's real. Yeah. They're going to kill somebody in one camp. The other one doesn't know what to do, but abortion is looking like the way. And then you have a philosophical argument over here with people who are saying, eh, you know, it's not a life. You can do whatever you want to do. We're not, we're not sure when life begins. We're not sure when life begins. Yeah, right. You know, so yep. 
But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, to, to that point, before I get to Ted Cruz, um, I, in my previous work, I worked for an economic firm, and we worked heavily in the education world. Yeah. And I was at a conference one time with, with people from the um, higher up in education in New York at so, some universities up there. And I was sat down and talked with them at dinner, and we got on the topic of abortion. And talking to this educator who's uh, you know uh, higher up at in, in at his university, and I started asking him about about abortion. He started talking about how he's proud of his wife for what she does with Planned Parenthood, blah blah blah. And so I just just started getting matter of fact with him, and I asked him, I was like, okay, so when is it okay or when is it wrong to have an abortion? When is it wrong mm-hmm. to kill the child? And I went from the three months, and he said, no, that's between uh, if the baby's in the womb, three months. Yeah. It's between the mother and the doctor, right? Between yeah. the mother and the doctor, yeah. Six months, yep. Between the mother and doctor. Uh, nine months. Yep. He said, yep. Between the mother and doctor. And so I just, I was like, I'm going I'm to I'm jump on you. Two <laughs> years. And he said, that's a good question. What changed? I could not. Uh, no, oh, nothing changed for him. That's what he I'm just saying. said. Oh, he just said, that's a good question. Yeah, he yeah. didn't know the answer to that. Right. 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 That's what, that's right. what. That's the slippery slope. That's the like lesser of two evils. And you don't know where the line is. There's no line. Here he is, this higher ed, ed um, uh, right. dean, I believe. Uh, and he didn't know the answer to killing a two-year-old or not. It's unreal. So I, me and David, and no um, mention of the father, by the way. Yeah, no. Right. Between him, the mom, the mother, where's the doctor? Where's the doctor? Right. And and so uh, uh, Chocolate Knox and I, we had the chance to go interview Ted Cruz last year. Yeah. And and Cruz. something from this interview has stuck with me. From Texas. You, from yep. Ted is from Texas. Yeah. I'm from Throw Texas. That in there. The promised land. Uh, we got to go down to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to interview Ted Cruz, um, kind of on on uh, uh, civil war, abortion, right, uh, racism, right. and everything. And so, let me play a clip, and then we'll get to it. There is no doubt that, as Christians and 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 church leaders, we're called to stand up and speak out. We're called to lead. It, you know, one That's of the it. sad things is is there are far too many pastors who do not speak out about what has happened, who remains silent. You know, my father is a pastor, Mm. and he spends much of his time traveling the country speaking to pastors' conferences, speaking to other pastors. And it it really started several years ago when, when God really laid on his heart that no one is more responsible for the condition of this country than the pastors. And, and it's... We're going to stop right there, but um, you can check out the whole interview on, on YouTube. And uh, I, I think we even muzzle. got it on CrossPolitik. We, we probably do. do, we do, do. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I need uh, a muzzle right now. There's, well, there's Uh-oh. a couple. Obviously, we know Uh-oh. that Ted Cruz Sorry. has since endorsed Donald Trump, which, uh! makes it, which it makes it hard harder for me to accept some of his points here. Yeah, you don't say. But, the, <laughs> but his point is fair. It's a fair point, right? Yeah. Where are the pastors? Yeah. Why 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 do we have abortion carnage in our country? Amen. I can't tell you when the David Daldian videos came out. Um, Center for Refor- for medical org. Uh and how how the opportune time for churches to really jump up and down on the abortion topic. Right. Here we had momentum. Right. All Here these we had exposé videos on live Planned Parenthood. Videos. We are selling baby parts. And how many pastors preach on abortion from the pulpit mm. i can maybe on my hand i try to stay connected nationwide i can maybe on my hand have uh, less than five pastors that i know of preached on abortion on this topic uh, during that time during that momentous time to get your congregation to go and do something about it well see yeah. what happened was it was a topical sermon and they're kind of in the middle of like going through <laughs> romans and so they didn't really have time to break off from romans to deuteronomy. Talk. So I'm deuteronomy. Just saying, deuteronomy i'm yeah. just saying but they were busy and so their exegesis sermon 1953 yeah. they'll, they'll talk about it right you know no but mo- no <laughs> but actually most of the pastors are not even doing that well, and he, that would be an improvement. Oh man! If yeah. they were going verse by verse through Deuteronomy, <laughs> that would be an improvement. Yeah, no, that's right. You right? Know, I, I think the re- part of the problem is that most people don't even know how to talk to someone on the issue of life, right? And and here here's I'm a precept guy, so I think evangelism is quite easy. Talking to someone about this is quite easy if you believe what the Bible says. Absolutely. You, you know, if yeah. you believe what the Bible says, it's really easy to say, "Hey, you know what? My name is David Shannon." And I see you're about to walk into an abortion clinic. My heart's breaking right now. And I want to be able to, as much as I can, warn you from doing something that can destroy your life mm. and the life that's in your womb. I believe you're made in the image of God. 
the child in your womb is made in the image of God. And as much as I can plead with you, I will do whatever it takes to stop you from walking in there. This goes back to the image of God. It does. It absolutely the image does. of God is the most valuable thing in the world. That's right. And that's where it all starts. Right? That's where it all starts. And so, and so we are throwing away, destroying wealth. That's right. Like, And I don't mean that in a crass, like materialistic way. I just mean like, what did God say is the most glorious thing of all creation? The crown and glory was us, right? Yeah, people. That's right. Men and women made in God's image, and we're throwing it away. And, and and that's the thing is the lie, of course, of Planned Parenthood is that no, it's too hard, it's too expensive, it's too difficult. You can't do it. You can't do it. You won't be able to do this. But we're throwing away the most glorious, valuable thing in all the world. But well, also, speak speak that point though. When someone goes into abortion clinic, they're doing it because they're they feel like they're at an end's wits. They feel like they're done. Yeah. They feel like they're dying. Yeah. And so they want to go and solve their problem. But the problem is, is God works through you in those most, um, in the hardest times to bring about some of the best glory right. and salvation preach in your life. Preach to him, Gabe. Preach right, to right, him. Right. Preach to him. Right. Where's that organ? Yeah, where's it? <laughs> right, right. Is that no. just for Toby? Gabe no. doesn't get an organ. Toby? That's only for you, Pastor. And if you were preaching, I'd where's give my it Shaquille O'Neal? One, one of the look. Get yourself equipped. There's a lot of good places out there, pro-life training that is out there that you can get. One of the people that I grew up listening to when I started um, becoming more pro-life and on how to. You know, some apologetics here. Help me get through this. Scott Klusendorf, Karm.org, Matt Slick, Karm.org. Yep. Those guys are awesome. Do yep. it. Apologia Radio. Those guys yep. are out there hitting the streets. Great tools. Uh, one of my favorites was Scott Klusendorf at Pro-Life Training Institute, I believe. I think it was Pro-Life. Tra- is it Pro-Life Training? It is. Yeah. ProLifeTraining.com. And he was able to walk me through an acronym. Did I say that right? Acronym. Acronym. Yes. It's an ism. Don't do acronym. You have my problem. You know, there's acronyms out there that help you. Acronyms are bad. Don't do acronyms. An acronym that helps you. Where's Dr. Merkel when you need him? But this is Scott Klusendorf helping you kind of grasp the idea of how to help, how to talk to someone who is anti pro life. And one of the things you want to start with is are the babies a human? First of all, though, may I ask you a question? I said, do you believe newborns are human beings? This guy said, no, I believe once it's born, it's a human being. I said, fair enough. Would you then be willing to look with me at the four differences between a fetus that you say is not human and a newborn that you say is? And let's examine those four differences and see if any of them are relevant such that we can say it's okay to kill the fetus, but not okay to kill the newborn. He Mm. said, you know what, that sounds cool, okay. I said, there's only four differences, size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency. And I'm going to say that none of those are relevant. Let's start with first size, right? That's really good. That's really yeah. good, right? Like, if you can establish something, okay, where's a meet, where can we meet at in here? Yep. What's yeah. a good place to meet? And that's good. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. So he starts with size. First size. Would you agree with me that the fetus is smaller than a newborn? He jumped all over that. He said, oh, absolutely. How can you call something the size of a dot a human being? <laughs> So I asked, are large people more human than small people? Men are generally larger than women. Does that mean men deserve more rights than women? You want to try running that by the flight attendant at 39,000 feet? We have size, S, L, level Level of development. development. Then we went to L, level of development. I said, would you agree the fetus or embryo is smaller than a newborn? He said, absolutely. He said, how can you call something that doesn't even have a functioning brain yet and is not even self-aware a human being? I said, if self-awareness and intelligence define us as human beings, that means those that are more intelligent should have the right to exploit those of us whose GPA was not too high in high school. I'm done with that point. That's well, me. Yeah, and also in his worldview, who defines what's self-aware? Yeah, exactly. In his worldview. Yeah. Right. What is self-aware? I mean that we're all on a gigantic bell curve. We start off with very little rights of personhood and very little self-consciousness, and we gradually gain personhood as we reach our intellectual and physical peaks, and then we gradually lose rights of personhood as we age. Is that your view? He says, no, that's an elitist view. I said, well, then why are you imposing it on the fetus? Mm. Why? I said a four-year-old girl is less developed than a 14-year-old one. That four-year-old girl does not even have her reproductive system in place yet. Is she less of a person because of it? Well, no, he said. Well, then why would you rule out the fetus from being human simply because its development doesn't match ours? Because it's not about the argument. (laughs) Three-fifths. Three-fifths. Right? Environment or location. We went to the next category, environment or location. He said, you know, until it's born, it's not a human being. I said, why would you think that? 
He said, because birth makes it human. I said, how does where you are have any bearing on who you are? A few hours ago, you walked from the terminal at LAX onto this plane. You changed location. Did you stop being you? What about when you rolled over in bed last night? You changed location. Did you stop being you? If not, how does a simple journey of eight inches down the birth canal suddenly transform a non-human tissue blob into a protectable human life we ought to value and respect? How does it do that? How, you, how do you feel? Degree of de or dependability. We went to the final category, degree of dependency. Or that. <laughs> he said to me, you know, until it's viable, it's not a human. I said, you know, if that's the definition of what makes us human, our ability to live independent of anyone or anything, we've got a problem because there are people on this plane that are not human and we may kill them. How do I know that? <laughs> because there are people on this plane who depend on insulin, heart pacemakers, perhaps diabetes medication, and without them, they will not survive. Does that mean they are less human than us? He said, no, I don't like the way that sounds. I said, I don't either. You can see then there's only four differences. Size, level of development, environment, degree of dependency. None of them are morally relevant, are they? And you know what? There, there, there's a big – these are great. Yeah. I love – I Where's love – Where are these at? These – oh. what's the website? <laughs> you can find, you can, you can find um, all of his training at ProLife oh, Institute. Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, ProLifeTraining.com. Yeah. Scott Klusendorf, one of the best. I've never every debate yeah. he's been in, he's smashed it. But I've yeah. realized there's one thing that's greater than all of those arguments. You know what that is? You are equipped with it, Christian. You have it. God gave it to you when He regenerated you. You have the gospel of Jesus Amen. Christ. Mm. Yeah. And that is the greatest tool to anchor to the heart of the person you're talking to about any topic. But in this yeah. one, especially when it comes to life, yeah. God said. Don't murder. Yeah. And, Thou they, and, they need, and they need the hope. They and they, they, they need the and, hope and they of the need, gospel. This is just if they, they, they change their mind, we still haven't done our job. What is what is what is God doing in the darkness? Mm. When it's dark, he comes to make it light. Come on. He comes to save the lost. He comes to raise the dead. So get these tools, prolifetraining.com, but remember you have a better tool in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is cross politics. Amen.